So after a year like 2020 with pandemic, politics, division, and devastation, what's the best thing we could think to do with our time in 2021? Launch a new new podcast. podcast. Oh, so enthusiastic. Hello, my name is Larry Frank, and I'm joined by Adam Penn, Sarah Wank, and Gabe Wank. And this is the first ever episode of Midnight Theology, your brand new late night ponderings of four pastor friends. We're going to talk all things Christianity, leadership, culture, and life, especially as they relate to the Methodist Wesleyan movement, or really just whatever we want to talk about at all. So, um, yeah, this is our first podcast. We've been talking about this for months and saying we're going to we're going to do this. And here we are in uh, the early part of 2021 and we're finally um, getting it going. But the idea for this really started what, like before the pandemic. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Just before the pandemic. Like as right before emerging like, in the U S. So we were, we were all in Georgia at something called order of the flame through world Methodist evangelism. Uh, and we kept shutting down the same restaurant every night. Um, and, and hanging out and talking. And we realized that some of our best conversations were happening around midnight, hence the name Midnight Theology. Uh, and throughout the whole pandemic, we've spent a lot of time on Zoom meetings, um, uh, the four of us together and our spouses. Uh, and we've, we've played games together. We've talked together. And we've just had all sorts of ponderings. And somewhere along the way, someone said, we should record this and turn it into a podcast. And we all said, yeah, we have time for that, right? <laughs> of course. Yeah. So, um, we're, we have all sorts of things planned for this. Um, I hope that it'll be helpful to folks and, and, a, and a good uh, resource, if nothing else, just an escape from reality while we banter about um, something. Um, so, um, yeah, that's how it all came together. We just want to tell you today, introduce ourselves today, tell a little bit of our story. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much what we're going to do in this episode. Um, we're just going to kind of let you get us, uh, get to know us as hosts, uh, moving forwards. Um, so, uh, we're just going to share a little bit about our journey, uh, where we serve our family and so forth. Um, so I'll go ahead and kick it off. Uh, my name is Adam Penn. I am currently serving Marshall Armstrong United Methodist Church in a little town called Marshall, Illinois over on the eastern border of the state. We're about 20 minutes west of a small, uh, smaller town in Indiana called Terre Haute, um, which is about one and a half hours west of Indi- uh, Indianapolis. So um, that's kind of how I let people know where we're at. If you're familiar with either of those, um, we are right next to it. Um, so we're about as far east as you can get. Um, the, the church I serve is about five minutes from the border. Um, and, uh, it's been a really great experience so far, kind of being in, in this area of the state. Um, we're, we're fairly new to it. Um, we've been here since 2017. Uh, my wife, Jessica and I have been married going on 10 years. Um, June 18th is going to be our, our 10 year anniversary. And we have, uh, two sons, uh, Levi and Judah. Uh, Levi is, he just turned five and, and Judah's three. Um, so, uh, I was ordained, uh, back in 2017, right before moving here to Marshall. Uh, I went to seminary at Dubuque 
theological seminary. That? <laughs> That's what everybody <laughs> says, right? <laughs> Anytime I ever tell anyone where I went to seminary, they're like, what's a Dubuque? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, but it was a, it was a wonderful experience um, and it was free. So that, that really um, kind of sealed the deal, right? <laughs> yeah, you had to say that. So that's it. <laughs> That made the decision for me, um, but it was a it was a great experience, um, and, and we really enjoyed our time in Dubuque. Um, it is a Presbyterian seminary, uh, which uh, has a United Methodist Studies program, uh, so it is officially affiliated with the PCUSA. Um, but they have a, a really wonderful United Methodist Studies program there. Still, um, highly recommend it to to anyone uh, looking at seminaries. Um, as as one that I had never really even heard of when I started applying for seminary, um, and uh, uh, finally went for a visit, and uh, it was just kind of one of those things, you know. You, uh, I was like, no, <laughs> and then uh, we went for the visit, and uh, it was great. It was great. So anyway, uh, that's I don't know. Is is there anything else that people should know about me? So Your you hobbies. were raised Catholic, right? Oh yeah, my my um, spiritual mutt of a background. That's yeah. So I was raised Catholic, uh, became United Methodist, uh, started going to the Methodist Church in about 2004. I was in eighth grade at the time, um, and ended up marrying a Baptist. Um, so we just got all of our bases covered, really. You're uh, going to bring all sorts of perspectives to this theological podcast. That's that's right. That's right. Yeah. So um, yeah, I've I've had a foot in a few different camps. So we we actually we got married at my wife's church uh, at the Baptist church and had our reception at the United Methodist Church. You know, so we kind of got both of our churches involved there. So raised Catholic. Uh, transfer the United Methodist Church and married in a Baptist church. That's that's my story. <laughs> Gabe hinted at it a second ago, but you're you're probably too humble to mention your talent, uh, your musical talent. But you should totally plug yourself there for a second, Adam. Yeah, no yeah. Doubt. So Jess and I are in a band uh, that we are currently kind of on hiatus because all of us had families and moved to different places in the country. Uh, but uh, we're in a band called Harbor at Sea, and you can find our music on iTunes, Spotify, uh, pretty much anywhere you can find music online. And uh, yeah, uh, it's it's great. We we put out a four song EP back in 2014. Went down to Nashville and, and recorded it uh, with a producer who has had a, a musical influence on all of our lives uh, leading up to that. Is a really wonderful opportunity. And uh, so, yeah, uh, hopefully you'll be blessed by our music, uh, Harbor at Sea. And uh, yeah, so that's, and we, we still enjoy doing whatever we can with our music, you know, obviously at the church and, and whatnot, you know, any opportunity we get to kind of use those gifts there, uh, we enjoy that. So I'll do a plug for Harbor at Sea so it's not just Adam uh, uh, patting himself on the back. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, there's just like a, like a theological depth. Uh, to the songs that that you guys put out there that's not like let's hold hands and sing kumbaya um like a couple songs on that i i when i first listened to them i was like wow this is uh this is gonna wreck me if i keep listening to this Uh, (laughs) do what he said and go check it out awesome i guess i'll go next uh so i'm sarah wank i am um a (laughs) Game just pointed out it was not my turn, but I'm going to go anyway. I I made show notes. We don't have to follow. It's fine. fine. This is fine. 
Sorry, Larry. Um, so I'm, I'm Sarah Wank. I'm currently serving as the associate pastor at Crossroads Methodist Church in Washington, Illinois. Um, we are a larger Methodist church for our conference, for our region. Um, and I've been serving there six years, which is a pretty long run as an associate pastor. Um, thankful for my time there so far. Washington is an incredible community and I get all the best parts of being a pastor. I get to preach and build relationships and uh, counsel and advise people in their relationship with God. But um, when you're not the senior, you don't get the headache of some of the other other pieces that come with it. So really enjoying that. Um, Gabe and I are a clergy couple, and I'll let him talk about his history just a little bit. But um, I'm a preacher's kid born and raised here in Illinois and the Illinois Great Rivers Conference. Um, and so I have only known life in the Methodist church. That is my life. Um, there has not been a moment apart um, of my from my life that is apart from the Methodist Church, um, and so um, that, yeah, that is the totality of my perspective. Minus um, several years in junior high and high school when my parents uh, allowed me to attend the local Baptist youth group too, because a lot of my friends attended there. And uh, if you're familiar with the geography at all, which you're probably not, Southern Illinois is more Southern than it is Illinois. And that area of Illinois is known um, for its history and the holiness movement. Um, and so much of my experience in the Methodist church um, is a holiness experience, um, heavy in um, evangelism um, and holiness and transformation and sanctification, which I'm discovering in my adulthood is not a common experience for a lot of United Methodist. Um, and I'm thankful, really thankful for that, for many personal encounters with the Holy Spirit early on in my life. Um, I've been serving in full-time ministry in one way or another for 17 years Plus. now, and as a pastor under appointment in this conference for 13 years, mm-hmm. uh, which feels impossible, um, feels impossible. Um, I attended Asbury Theological Seminary, uh, where I met this lovely man, and we began our life together and in ministry uh, together. Uh, And that wouldn't be the end of it. We ended up back at Asbury for a second degree. And um, just to connect all the dots, I'm now enrolled in a doctoral program at United with the lovely Larry Frank, who is hosting this podcast. I've been called lovely, like... (laughs) Well, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. She called me lovely too. That's that's good. I mean, she probably meant it about you. I'm like, I'm like flattered over here. You can tell the rest. Oh well, Delaire, do you want to put like no, a no, no show notes are out the window. We're good. <laughs> all right. So um, to tie all of those things uh, together in my life, I grew up a United Methodist PPK pastors, pastors, kid. Both my mother and my father. Uh, were United Methodist elders. Um, they're both retired now. One is still serving um, part-time and one is fully retired. So growing up in northeastern Pennsylvania, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre area, I found myself surrounded by everybody but Methodists, Catholics, uh, Catholics, no. <laughs> a lot of Catholics. A lot of Catholics. There's no, nobody understood what a Protestant was. If you if you were a Christian, you were a Catholic. And if you weren't a Catholic, they didn't quite know what to think of you. So I spent a lot of time in high school trying to explain who I was or what church I went to. And that actually my mom and dad were both pastors and people were fascinated by that. So I ended up going to Houghton College in uh, 1994 uh, that I've just dated myself. That makes I'm you the old. oldest person here. Old man. 
Thank you very much. Glad uh, we had that clarified. Yeah, <laughs> it is very important. Uh, four years up near Buffalo, uh, New York, and graduated. And two years later, found myself at Asbury. Uh, a year later, I met Sarah, and the rest has been historical in in epic proportions. <laughs> um, so I uh, my my first degree at Asbury was in youth ministry. I was running from my call uh, to ministry. Uh, didn't feel like I could fill the shoes of mom and dad. And so I was looking for another way to serve, but not be a pastor. Uh, And little by little, God continued to woo me and speak to me as I was seeking God. God was seeking me. And I found myself uh, 12 years ago um, taking my first appointment as a uh, local church out in the uh, Monmouth, Illinois area, Fairview Center. I served there for seven years while I went back to school. Sarah and I both uh, earned our MDivs uh, largely online through Asbury, but both on campus in Kentucky and in Florida down in Orlando. Great experience, wonderful program. And unlike Adam, I didn't make the wise financial choice of going to a free school. (laughs) (laughs) But I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, Gabe, this is the school you have to go to. And uh, it was a kind of a... Because you wouldn't have met me. I wouldn't have met you. Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, that's that's one of the benefits, right? <laughs> right, right. Or or, or met Larry uh, in the halls uh, in the second time around. So uh, as far as about me, did you say anything? We have a son. We have a, uh, a nine and a half year old son about to be 10 here in the summer. And we're really excited about him because, well, he's just kind of a miracle in our lives. We were uh, a couple looking to grow our family who was unable to do that um, naturally. And we went through the adoption process through Catholic Charities. And it was just a a miraculous process, very fast. Um, And we were very blessed. And we have an open adoption uh, with uh, our son's uh, birth mom and birth dad and their families. They know who we are. We know who they are. And he is aware of who he is and where he comes from. And it's just a beautiful thing. So we're just very proud to be parents and uh, to be in ministry (laughs) together. Oh, I didn't say anything about my context, but go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, if you're keeping track, that means uh, pray for our son because (laughs) his mom and dad are parents. Three of his grandparents, or his mom and dad are Methodist pastors. Three of his grandparents are Methodist pastors, and I have an aunt who's a Methodist pastor. Um, the legacy is deep with this one, right? And as Larry <laughs> and let's, Sarah, let's start, him, let's start calling him Bishop Hudson now. Yeah, he, ha- he has no chance. <laughs> as Larry and Sarah uh, embark on their doctoral program at United Theological in Dayton, that's where my father uh, received his Master's of Divinity. Uh, way back in the day, late seventies, early eighties. Um, and so small world, small world for me, my context is uh, about nine miles South of Washington, Illinois in Morton, Illinois. Uh, it's a suburb of Peoria. It's Caterpillar country, uh, Caterpillar incorporated. And we, uh, we have a church. Oh, it's probably about half the size of crossroads. Uh, at Sarah's context. Um, but we see a lot of people, uh, looking to grow their families in a kind of a beautiful bedroom community uh, just out the outskirts of Peoria. And Morton's been around as a church uh, worshiping body for about 75 years or so. Been the associate there now coming up on three years. Uh, Just went through a pastoral lead pastor transition uh, this past year. So uh, we're getting through the transition during a pandemic. It has been interesting to say the least. 
That's a weird time to move, isn't it? Yeah. Woo. Yeah. So Larry, tell us about yourself. Yeah, so I'm the I'm the last one. I think I'm the only one here, and it's it's one of those things um, that we're excited about with this because we all bring different perspectives. I'm the only one that wasn't raised in the church um, in in some form uh, or another. Uh, my my mother's family is uh, largely non-practicing uh, Roman Catholics. Uh, my dad's family is this weird mixture of Methodists and uh, people from Jewish background and Native American religion. Um, so we're, we're kind of all over the place. So my parents just didn't talk about religion at all. It wasn't something, um, that, um, that we engaged with, uh, at all. And, um, for a large portion of my, my upbringing, I was, I was okay with that. I had uh, no desire to be a part of church, uh, grew up in, 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 uh, Northern part of Southern Illinois, I guess you would say that. <laughs> and my experience of the holiness culture was really different than Sarah's. Uh, it was, it was more of a legalistic kind of thing. So the vibe that I got from the Christians I knew was, um, just that whole, you don't drink, cuss, spit, chew, or, do, or go with girls who do. That was, that was the extent of it was what not to do. Um, so it really gave me no reason to want to be, um, a Christian. I went through a, a period of my life with things in our, um, uh, in our, in our, my, my home, our family of origin, uh, where I was, um, just wandering, lost, um, uh, depressed, had a friend invite me to a week of church camp. I went kicking and screaming. Um, but I met a Christian community there that was different from the ones that I had grown up with. They really did love Jesus. They took an interest in me, uh, showed me a different way and all in, uh, the course of one week of camp and really in about a 24 hour window there. Um, now did I respond to an invitation, uh, to become a Christian, but the next day felt called to ministry. So that was just this wild ride from somebody who, um, was a pretty convinced atheist, uh, to someone who was going to be a pastor. And I had no idea what a pastor did. Um, but I knew that's what I was uh, supposed to do. So I, I grew up in a, in a small town, um, there, uh, the, uh, camp that I went to was a non-denominational, uh, restoration movement, church of Christ camp. Uh, there was no church of Christ in my, my hometown. So I ended up at the local United Methodist church, um, and, uh, re- really fell in love with, with the Wesleys and became a theology nerd, uh, right off the, the bat, uh, did get cross experience, uh, because the Pentecostal church, the next town over had a great Sunday night, uh, contemporary service. So I hung out with the charismatics on, uh, <laughs> on Sunday nights after, uh, the very high church United Methodist service on, uh, on Sunday mornings. So, you know, didn't grow up in the church, but everything from age 14 on was about preparing for ministry. Uh, it was just this wild ride of lay speaking classes. And I just, I knew with certainty that's, um, that's what I was going to do. Uh, so my, uh, college, I went to Lincoln Christian college and got a degree in preaching ministry, uh, from there, uh, went to the Asbury theological seminary, uh, in, uh, in Wilmore, Kentucky, had a great time there and, um, decided that I didn't uh, ever have a desire to go back to school. Uh, after that, uh, yet here I am, uh, enrolled at United seminary with, with Sarah, uh, working on a, de- a doctoral degree in uh, church renewal, fresh expressions, um, and I'm sure we'll both have opportunity to to share about that um, blended ecology, plugging young adults into fresh expressions. Um, people will think we're crazy when uh, we say we share some of the things that we're we're passionate about. Uh, with that, uh, my wife Brittany and I are uh, high school sweethearts. Uh, we met at church camp, uh, so that's another reason I love the camp that I went to, and. Um, at the end of 2020, uh, we celebrated uh, 12 years uh, of marriage. We have uh, two daughters, 
Uh, Marky is six and she's like my carbon copy. Uh, in fact, she prefers to be called mini me. Uh, <laughs> she, she looks like me, her personality's like, just like mine. And that's just scary as I'll get out. Uh, and, uh, Sayla is four, uh, and she is one of the most strongest willed, um, people that I have ever met. Um, I won't say that that's like Brittany, but it's certainly not <laughs> like me either. Uh, and, uh, she's just, she, uh, she knows what she wants. Um, we've, we've had some ice storms early in the year and, uh, power kept going out and she finally just said, I can't live here anymore. Our four year old, I'm not living here. I'm moving out. I'm going somewhere else. Um, cause there was no tablet. Um, so that was a problem for her. Uh, I've been under appointment as a, as a United Methodist pastor since 2008. I uh, did a couple years in, in lay staff ministry before that. Um, my student appointment was in a little town called Cornell, um, north of Bloomington Normal, uh, Illinois. I was there for uh, six years, um, had a great time there in that small town, a little village of like 500 people. Um, uh, so moving anywhere else seemed scary after that, after six years of 500 people and just Casey's Pizza uh, being the only... <laughs> only thing that we had. Um, it's not a bad thing to have. Oh, it's not a bad thing. There, it could have been worse. You know, it could have been a taco and then hard <laughs> to that. Um, then uh, I spent uh, four years as the associate pastor at Wesley United Methodist Church, um, also in, in central Illinois. Um, uh, worked primarily with youth ministry there and uh, in discipleship uh, ministries. And since 2018, I've been the lead pastor at Tremont Methodist Church, uh, which is south of Gabe and Sarah, uh, still in the uh, Peoria area, and um, all things considered, with the church is represented here. And as far as our conference goes, we're, we're a medium-sized uh, church. Uh, prior to the pandemic, we were running about 210 on Sunday mornings, um, and it's been a wild ride already. Um, in the short time I've been here, we've had great growth, uh, people joining by profession of faith and uh, worship attendance uh, exploding. We completed a new building uh, addition that we were really excited to use, and we were going to christen it on Easter Sunday, and then the pandemic happened. So uh, we've got this empty building that uh, I just walk laps in uh, <laughs> right now, but at least at least I have that um, right now. So it's it's a great church. I'm really uh, still so excited uh, to be here, and um, I've been amazed at the way they've held together uh, throughout the pandemic. And we, you know, I, all of us, we've had to pivot on so many things, um, and uh, and and for the most part, folks have just gone along with it and been so so gracious and found ways to stay connected and keep growing in their um, in their faith. And they know that they're going to be my incubator, my guinea pig for uh, fresh expressions with. Uh, um, with this degree from United and they're in for it. Um, they're ready to try some new things and I've warned them it's going to be out of some, some comfort zones, but, uh, they're, uh, they're ready. They're ready for it. Um, did I cover everything? That's exciting. Yeah. You, you did so. a good job. All right. So, uh, before we wrap up, uh, I, I thought we'd, we just have a little fun segment. It probably won't be the same, uh, every time. Uh, and I think we'll all get a turn at, uh, uh, at leading this at one time or another. We'll just talk about, you know, um, you know, some kind of pop culture thing that's going on or something we've been binging on uh, Netflix. Uh, so for today, today uh, we're going to play buy or sell. Uh, and I'm, oh. I'm going to give you a line. And uh, if you buy it, you believe it's the truth. If you're selling it, uh, it's, it's not true. So here it is. Ready? Oh Monaco is the smallest country in the world. Adam, you buying or selling? You broke up. I didn't, I didn't hear you. That's your internet connection. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. Monaco is the smallest country in the world. You buying or selling? I'll buy. You're buying. Sarah? 
I hate games like this, Larry. I know you do. That's why I put um, it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sell. Okay. I'm with you. I'm, I'm, maybe, maybe you're gonna sell it too. I'm selling too. I was thinking selling, and you just confirmed I should probably sell. Okay, so the gold star and ten thousand points go to Gabe and Sarah because oh, hey. you would have sold to Adam. The smallest country in the world is actually Vatican City at point four four square kilometers. See, it felt like a trick question. Oh, yep. Vatican City. See, and Sarah, I know you you don't like these kind of games. So when it's your turn, you do something that I don't like. And it's, <laughs> yeah, and you don't have to answer any of these. Extra painful for us. Well, I mean, it'll be, be your turn next time. Yeah. yeah. Is it ironic that the former Catholic in the group got something relating to Catholicism <laughs> wrong? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a good that's start. Theology. That's a really good start. They don't catechize that in you, right? No, like, no. Yeah. I was not taught that Vatican City is its own country. <laughs> smallest country in the world. It's smallest the smallest country, country in the world. In the world. And it's, I think it's one of the few remaining absolute monarchies. Right, like, uh, oh. like in, in England and other places, it's a constitutional monarchy. The Pope is an absolute monarch over, over yeah, the yeah, States. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, useless knowledge that fills my head. Um, the more you know, we'll try it again next time. So, hey, uh, I, I'm really excited for us to share this together and all of our different uh, perspectives. Uh, I think you've probably heard that and what we've talked about from uh, our, our life experiences, and I know we'll hear so much more of that and uh, educational experiences and some of those ongoing. Um, and uh, associate pastors at larger churches, and um, and lead pastor with staff, solo pastor, um, in 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 different sized towns and different backgrounds. And I think that's one of the things that uh, made us think we should probably do this because we live in such a divided time, politically, theologically, whatever. And we all have these very different perspectives on things. Sometimes we end up in the same place with one another, and uh, other times we we disagree, but we've always been able to keep everything respectful and still love each other uh, at the end of that. And I think that's something the church needs uh, right now. It's something our world needs uh, right now. Um, and I think we just really value each other's perspective Um on these things. And there are, there are certain areas that we all kind of look to uh, someone else in the group to be the one to take us by the hand and, and show us the way uh, Mandalorian reference. This is the way, uh, <laughs> this is the we, way. Just, we just kind of figure it out um, together. So um, yeah, I'm really excited about this. And for those of you listening, I hope that uh, you'll be patient with us. It's our first time uh, doing a podcast, but that you'll take the time to subscribe Invite, other, invite others to listen as we talk about leadership and faith and culture and whatever else we put our minds to. We do know that on our next episode, we're going to be joined by author, uh, pastor, and leader, Dr. Michael Beck. He's a pastor in Florida, a leader in the Fresh Expressions U.S. movement, and the director of the Fresh Expressions House of Studies at United Theological Seminary. He's going to be talking with us about uh, a new book that he's just co-authored uh, called Fresh Expressions in a Digital Age. I think we'll all agree that even before the pandemic, so many of our networks and the way that life is done have moved into digital spaces. Uh, And the church often has been racing uh, to keep up with that. And the pandemic kind of forced us to move faster than most churches are are willing to move. But not all of that is bad. And even in a post-pandemic world, we're going to need to be up on how to reach people in these digital spaces. So Michael's going to join us and he's going to talk about this book and offer us practical tips for uh, regular church folk, lay people, for pastors, for denominational leaders, whoever, uh, to give us practical tips for how to reach people in a digital age. So until then, thanks for joining us on Midnight Theology. And remember, if we weren't meant to have midnight snacks, why is there a light in the refrigerator? We'll see you next time.
pe, pe, pe. <laughs> that should absolutely be the outro. Very good for our theme song. It's got to sound like a, like a theme show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, can I stop the recording or no? Yeah.